0: been coming to you live from the Dream Imagine Sports Studios. It is 9 a.m. on the East Coast. This is your 6 a.m. early morning wake-up call out west and all time zones in, between, and around the world. Today's show is going to be a little bit different. We recorded. Uh, an interview yesterday with Ruth Nicholson, a friend of the show and um, I am uh, wearing her hat and you're going to see that in just a minute uh, that she gets excited about that at the very uh, top of the interview coming up right after the break. We're, our format today is going to be a little bit different uh, than normal just because of the fact that uh, we have this interview uh, sitting right here in the hopper. Um, our sponsor this half hour is ductic brand d-u-k-t-i-g brand.com and there's never been a better time than than today to go to ducticbrand.com and uh and, and get your journal get your notebook you're making plans you're trying to figure out the future for your teams if you're a coach maybe you're a player and you're just watching a lot of games taking notes trying to figure out how to get better uh do that by going to ducticbrand.com and use promo code dwshow and you'll get 10 percent off of your next order at du- We'll be right back with Ruth Nicholson Right after this
1: Okay. Open the right. <laughs> you got it.
0: <laughs> you I hope
1: you that? like it. Yep. I,
0: I yeah. actually just picked it up on the way here. <laughs> um, so what you see behind me is um, part of the new studio that we are uh, doing Uh, at my offices here. And, uh, so we're going to be using this studio, um, to shoot a, a few different shows. Um, but, um, this will be one of the, the walls of the, of the backdrop. So,
1: oh my, well, you know, with zoom, you can create your own backdrop,
0: This is true. This is true. And
1: and you could you could use a logo. You could use a shot of of anything. You know, you could stage your backdrop for yourself if you wanted.
0: This is true. I was I I was watching a funny video uh, earlier today of a guy who made a video of himself going to uh, put up uh, the dishes while as his background video. So it just looped of him walking into the kitchen and putting up in the same room where he was setting up his Zoom. It was quite hilarious. That's
1: funny. That's funny. This is, this is my home office that I designed when we added on the house. And it's really, my home office is at one end and the rest is the dining room. Okay, and it's off the back of the house. It's a southern exposure, which is really important in Washington State because we do gray. Um, and I, the room has huge windows and skylights, and you know, but it's the dining room because, let's face it, we do our major projects on the dining room table. Really,
0: I, I, I'm, right? I'm, so I get it.
1: Right. So that is my mother's dining room table. It seats fourteen. And it's big enough for any project I can dream up. And I have my office here and underneath the spare monitor um, are two of my three sewing machines. So I really do projects here. Oh, wow. Um, But I clean it up when like, you know, when I'm talking to you so you can't tell how messy the dining room table
0: (laughs) really is. (laughs) Hey, no worries. I get it. I totally get it. Um, If if you saw some of our studio space, uh, all, Uh, off camera, you, you 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 would see a mess as well. So
1: right, well lived in. I caught it. It's living yes. is not neat.
0: Yes, it's That's just not. true. It's not. It really isn't. And I, I've been trying to convince my wife of this uh, for our entire marriage. It'll be 20 years in November, and uh, she still shakes her head at uh, at the <laughs> the fact that I'm just not. One that picks up enough. Uh so Oh
1: and, and here is my my quarantined housemate. Yeah. This is Lucy the Wonder Dog.
0: Lucy the Wonder Dog, huh?
1: She's ten. She's ten pounds and she's ten years old.
0: Well there you go. Do you wanna, do
1: you wanna say hi? Do you wanna say hi? No, I want to play. Okay.
0: <laughs> We, uh, we, we gave up our, well, gave up, uh, our, we had two dogs, uh, our first dog we had out of wedlock and then, uh, we got her sister while after we were married. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, but sadly our, our oldest dog, the first one we got was a miniature dachshund She passed away, uh, while my wife was pregnant with our second uh son or we have two boys. And uh and then our youngest dog died a couple years ago, maybe three years ago now or so. And uh because I have to deal with all of the uh end of life uh you know stuff, my wife is like I too emotional i can't deal with it i i, I informed the family that uh, no further pets would be entering our house uh until i decided we had more pets uh yeah, <laughs> so yeah we have, i get it we haven't we have no more pets uh right now oh uh,
1: well i i hadn't planned on having a pet but long story short pet was gifted to my son in high school he joined the army i have
0: a dog well there you go and <laughs> And, and that's how the story of the the West was won, right?
1: Exactly, exactly, exactly. So um, this is this is cool. So you 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 conquered whatever tech problems were plaguing you last week. It's yeah, uh,
0: we we uh, we were going through um, some issues in regards to when we would. So we normally do the show in live stream studio is a software that we use Mm -hmm. and that basically allows us to broadcast on multiple platforms at once. Ah, And that plat that software platform, um, had some kind of internal error And, and it was so weird because, um, the night before I had done this SoccerWorks TV live special, Everything right. worked fine. I'd done the show. Everything been doing fine. I go in the studio the next day to do, you know, this show um, and I go to launch it and it won't launch. Ooh! And it like, just, it, it we would, the, the software would open, but every time we went to go live, it would just spin. And oh, um, so we just, we went round and round. And the problem is, you know, everybody has been migrating to, you know, live streaming and, you know, zoom and all this stuff. And those of us uh, like yourself who've been working in the space with zoom and other platforms, I've had zoom for years. Um, you know, I I've never had any issues, uh, especially if I needed to get support. Right. Well, (laughs) <laughs> right now, <but>
1: they, <laughs> get in line
0: <laughs> yeah so right now they're so inundated with all of these newbies trying to get on and uh so anyway i just i uh i had to kind of wait my turn and um went back and forth several times and ironically i don't actually think they fixed my problem i think i accidentally fixed my problem um i believe that just trying to Troubleshoot, and uh, I, I took a couple things, some settings that I I turned off, and uh, the way that the platform works is it it has a software interface, it has a web interface. Mm-hmm. So I basically stripped both interfaces down in terms of the the destination so your mm-hmm. Periscope, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, etc. I took took pretty much everything down. And just started rebuilding them one by one, uh, and uh, and got it to work, and okay. uh, and, and haven't had any issues since. The, the only other thing that I see that I'm seeing right now, and it may just be the, the workload on the uh, the networks, not not yeah. internally, but the you know the ex- external networks, is it used to be that whenever we would go to launch. I, mm-hmm. We would we would click to go live, and it would be like you know within a second, bam, we were streaming. Now it, I get nervous every time because it's like three or four or five seconds before it connects and goes live. And once once it goes live, now we're we're good. We we got it's all fixed, but you can tell that there's just a a mass of traffic out there yeah. on the interwebs. So um, you know, I
1: have. I did six online meetings and webinars on Friday and in the last, what week to 10 days I've used, go to meeting, go to webinar, Webex, Zoom, Google. I mean, I think the only one I haven't used is Adobe connect. Right. I mean, it's like, and, um, even just call in lines, regular conference call in lines, everybody's got a delay right um it's um and and it's a new, it's a new world of have and have nots for those of us who've worked in the virtual meeting space for you know a lot of years, you know, we do it, but so folks like me are i mean we're so stinking busy we can't see straight right. Uh, You know, I'm in my office at 536 in the morning, and I have to force myself to leave the desk at 7, 730 at night. It's like, well, you really do get dinner.
0: Right. Um, You know,
1: Um, I live alone, so I'm only driving the dog nuts. Right. But, I mean, there aren't enough hours in the day right now. And yet there are others of our colleagues who have time on their hands. Right. Right. And, I mean, it's just, it's a whole different have and have not. Um, it's,
0: it's a different world we're living in at the moment for sure.
1: And I live, I live at ground zero, my neighborhood. Um, first case, first hospital stay, first death, first school closures all within walking distance of this office. Oh wow. Um, there are two field hospitals that have been set up. They hold about 200 beds apiece. One of them's on a set of soccer fields about 10 miles away. The other's at the hockey arena um, about 10 miles away. Um, It's, this is not a drill. This is, you know, the teacher who died last week was one of my kids' teachers. Oh, wow. Here in the neighborhood. So it's, it's real here. Um, We're at the leading edge. Yeah. And I don't say that with pride. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: Well, I mean, it's, uh, it is, is definitely, you know, a strange, um, world we're living in at the moment with everything going on. Um, you know, and in terms of that, you know, like what kind of impact are you seeing with the organizations that you deal with and work with? Like what, what has the impact been for them, your conversations with them been like,
1: um, You know what? It's really interesting. Um, I started the, the DOC turnover survey before really before this hit. Um, I teach for team genius um, and team genius is a software platform that helps assess players. So think mid season evaluations, tryout evaluations, evaluations of coaches and organizations. Um, And, and in the tryout space uh, it's everybody's on hold right you can't get onto the field you can't uh, you know things are shut down and so coming up with different ways to stay connected between coaches and players coming up with a different way of doing tryouts thinking about tryouts in a different way um, it was absolutely fascinating Um, we did a webinar with team genius (laughs) was it only last week (laughs) time flies when you're you're busy it's hard to keep Um,
0: your day straight these days
1: No, really and i've been working at home for 18 years um but asking okay how many of you actually have player knowledge in your head in a spreadsheet in a computer program um and, and and you know your players from last year you know how many of you when you walk into a tryout um, know which players you want on your team and we did a poll in this in this webinar and the poll was how many you know what percentage of your team do you know you want before tryouts and I had interviewed about six DOC's and in, in a bunch of different states and they they'd given me a number well we ran this poll on this webinar The majority of folks on the webinar said they knew 75 to 100% of the kids they wanted on their team. The DOCs I called in my my Go network had said, Ruth, I know 90, 95% of the kids I want. I said, Well, okay, so why do we hold tryouts? Right. I mean, it's a production, it's expensive, it's nerve wracking. I mean, does anybody like tryouts? Well, if you know the majority of the kids, you want on your team and if a whole bunch of those kids are already in your club or your network so you have some some information on how well they've done and if the purpose of tryouts is to form teams now think about this if the purpose of tryouts is to form teams you know the bulk of the players and you know something about them then why do you need a tryout to form a team? right okay so thinking about okay why do we have tryouts take a step back take a deep breath and say okay team formation in the world of soccer is really important because it does a whole bunch of things right if you form teams players will register if players register you have income okay revenue as a soccer club a lot of them get their revenue right after tryouts and that has to last them the year right Right. So that's, that's a big deal. If players aren't registering your cash flows, all, you know, sideways. If you don't have teams, you don't know how many coaches you need, whether or not you're hiring them or recruiting them as volunteers. I mean, you've got to know how many coaches do I need? So I started thinking about tryouts in a totally different way. If tryouts and, and we do want to place kids on the right team, you know, the right competitive level. We, we do want to, you know, Market ourselves in a positive way in the community. We do want to be seen as the club everybody wants to play for, you know, coaches that are attractive to, to our players. All of those things are important, but it boils down to forming teams and creating that community. And right now it's retaining the continuity, retaining the connection, retaining that community because it's really hard on our kids right now. Right. I mean, as much as we as adults are frustrated about, um, you know, can we work at home? Can we not work at home? Can we see our friends? I mean, imagine, you know, our children for whom this is even harder to understand. So those connections with teammates, with coaches are really key. So um, a lot of my conversations are about how many different ways can you do that? Can you use a program like Team Genius? I'm teaching people how to use Team Genius to do remote training. Um, I'm teaching organizations how to, you know, take a step back and look at their organizations and their processes. And we don't make time for that. Right. But we now have time to do some of that strategic thinking because it's been imposed on us. Well, great. Take, grab the opportunity, right? So it's easy to get frustrated. Um, but, but there are some good things that can come out of this. I really believe that.
0: In terms of the, the DOCs and the coaches that you've talked to, uh, what has their response been in terms of um, the, 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 I guess the, the whole, different culture, different environment, different setup, the world we're living in at the moment, right? That those effects with the tryouts. Um, ha, have they, have they kind of given a consensus of how they see a new path forward in terms of player placements on teams um, and, and has that consensus uh, if if there's been one or maybe a few different ideas that have kind of risen to the top of the list, ha- have they been able to figure out how that fits into their, you know, financial models and, and you know, processes that were already in place?
1: Um, I think in all fairness, I think it's a struggle um, because we're, I mean, <laughs> we're sports people. We're competitive by nature, right? We like the win. Come on, we like the win. Right. Um, And and tryouts does have this competitive thing of you know I I want I want the best kids and I you know I want them to come to me and not to the club down the road. Um, And and stepping back to to sort sort of think broader in the community of uh, you know my biggest fear is that we will lose children out of sport like altogether. Right. So, you know, it's easy to worry about our, our club. But what happens if we lose kids out of soccer or hockey or baseball or I mean, what happens if they don't come back to sport? Um, so may- maybe that's my bias. I think we've got some clubs and I have worked with some clubs um, inside and outside of soccer that have said we're going to take the data we have, the knowledge we have of our kids. We're going to form teams and. Um, and maybe what it means is this year, it's, it's not perfect. Uh, we'll form teams and when we can get back on the court, on the ice, on the field, we'll, we'll move players between teams when we know a little bit better about where they need to be, but we want to include them in the club now. Um, that means suspending your ego and that competitive drive a bit, and that's really hard to do. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure there are folks in parts of the country where the whole state of emergency thing really hasn't hit them as hard as it has say in washington state where i am um and so the moving from denial of well, it can't be that that big a deal to well it can't last that long to oh, man, this isn't a drill. So I think people in different parts of the country are also in different stages of of facing what this situation means in their community and how long is it going to last? Right. Because, um, you know, parts of the country will hit the peak and pop out of it at a different pace. Um, so we're such a big country. I think it's going to last a little longer than we want it to. Well, it's already lasted longer than we want it to. For
0: sure, for sure. Um, <laughs> so I think
1: I think it's a hodgepodge of people uh reacting in different ways and different clubs, some of whom have reserves and and l- are a little bit better positioned to weather it, and others who are who are really struggling for survival. Like we thought we were gonna have tryouts, we thought we were gonna have revenue and and now um Some are actually being able to pay coaches at a lesser rate. I know clubs that are paying their coaches like half of their salaries for April, but they're engaging kids online. They're having team meetings with Zoom. They're having um, player interactions through, you know, mobile apps. They're so that they are contributing and clubs can keep some revenue coming in and keep paying some of their coaches. those clubs are doing some pretty creative things.
0: Yeah, I've, I've, um, so I'm coaching a 2010 boys squad this spring. I, I had, I had not been coaching for the last couple of years, just been crazy, uh, busy and still crazy busy, but, uh, just felt like I needed to kind of step in. Um, the coach that had been coaching, uh, them had, uh, uh taking the season off uh was mm-hmm. coaching some other teams and just didn't feel like uh he could keep uh all the teams that he was he was managing at the time and so um i stepped in and said okay i'll I'll take this squad and it's it's uh a squad of 16 players they they at that age they play 7v7 they split into two teams on match days all this kind of stuff and so what we've, we've tried to do, um, because, uh, I, you know, I've, I, I've had zoom for years and, and so immediately I just was like, Hey, why don't we just do a little check in? Right. This was mm-hmm. the, the, the first night was kind of like, Hey, let's just do a little check in. And so I, I, I sent out a zoom invite that all the kids got on. My son is my youngest son is on the team. And so, uh, we were, my son and I were in our, in the studio that, uh, where I do my, uh, my show normally in the mornings. And, um, and so we said, Hey to everybody. And then my son, uh, kicked me out, uh, of the studio and said, okay, I got this. And, uh, and basically for about an hour, they, he held court and they just all hung out. Right. And so it was, uh, it was social and, uh, it, it seemed to be, A big hit we didn't have all the players on that first call Uh, I don't know that we've had all the players on any of them so far but we've we have a a majority of them and they're they're not always the same players that are that are on but we we set it up kind of to follow our normal training rhythm so Hmm. we'll do like Mondays and Thursdays um, and we have a set time so that way you know the families which are pretty much kind of shelter in place I mean it's not like super strict but it's most people are at home the kids are not going to school you know that kind of thing so there's no there's there's social distancing and and all the restaurants are closed except for takeout or drive-through so everything's really kind of come to a I wouldn't say a screeching halt, but it's like pulling up to the stop sign, if you know what I mean. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, but in that this has provided those, those guys, uh, an opportunity to see each other, um, and hang out online. And, um, there, you know, for us, it, there's no agenda. So I, I get mm-hmm. on and, uh, I, I, I've, I have some other coaches in the club that started doing this after I shared with them, like, Hey, we did this and it worked pretty well. And so the club kind of implemented a zoom strategy, um, for all of the teams to do regular check-ins. Um, I don't know, you know, how often their schedules are, are in terms of, is it once a week or whatever? I don't know, but I just did mine on Mondays and Thursdays. Um, since that was kind of following our, our basic training schedule, and uh and and some other coaches have tried to do like some games and trivia and whatever and and I I just was like you know what this is I'm just gonna get out of the way and I'm gonna you know I get on and I say hello and then I I leave the room and I let them just do whatever it is that they do for an hour talking about whatever video game or uh, YouTube clip they watched or match that was replayed that they all saw, whatever. They just, they just chat, hang out. And then I come back at the end and, um, you know, wrap it up and, you know, a minute or two kind of thing and, and send them on their way. And, uh, so that's been good. We, Saturday, we actually, we did, um, I, I had some friends I'd seen with their clubs had done zoom, um, you know, team virtual technical training sessions. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I have seen that.
0: So I was like, Hey, that's a good idea. So I, I, um, you know, pitched it to the club and just said, Hey, we're going to be the Guinea pigs. We're going to try this. It may be a train wreck, but, uh, we're going to try it. And so we, we did it. I I think we had, um, probably about 60% of the squad tune in and, um, and so we, we, we did the kind of guinea pig run last Saturday and it went pretty well. I got a lot of really good, like positive feedback from the parents mm-hmm. who said, hey, we really appreciate, you know, your efforts in trying to do this. And the boys, you know, um, got a lot out of it, et cetera. So we, we decided to put that on a regular calendar mm-hmm. starting this coming Saturday um, for at least the month of April. So we we've got this Monday, Thursday, Saturday rhythm now. Yeah, running through uh, the the month of April, and then you know we'll just kind of reevaluate it as as we go with the CDC and you know US soccer and um you know US youth soccer and whoever else is involved in all these decisions. You know we'll we'll make whatever decisions based on that, but um but so far it's been it's been pretty good and you know my wife's a school teacher so she's had to adjust to a little bit of this oh, yeah. know, uh uh different uh flow as well and uh, she she and I are opposites in in a, in a lot of things and uh so she is not one who likes to be on camera she is not <laughs> one who <laughs> <laughs> who, who enjoys, uh, this, this kind of thing. So she's getting used to a new norm, uh, that she's, uh, you know, having to adjust to, which, uh, you know, it'll come over time. Whereas, you know, I can talk to a brick wall and, uh, you know, it, and I, I swear it talks back to me, uh, at least in my head it does. So, um, you know, it, it everybody's making adjustments, right? I mean, right. clubs are making adjustments. Coaches are making adjustments, players, families. And the thing that I stressed with our zoom sessions, and I don't know how some other coaches are doing it around the country, but the thing that I stressed to our players and I, I called every uh, family over the last few days just to check in. And, um, and, and the thing I told all of them is I said, look, we're making this available to you, but, don't feel any stress or pressure or expectation um, like this was normal training. I mean, it's here for you. It's available. The kids are there to hang out, but if you guys have like family dinner and it runs over or you went out for a family walk and you forgot or whatever, right? Um, You do you, it's okay. It's here. Check in when you can. Uh, but, but, you know, it's not like normal training where, you know, your, your son doesn't show up to practice and there's ramifications of attendance or tardiness or whatever behavioral is none of that. Right. It's just just trying to stay connected in a crazy world. Uh, and and so that's what we're doing. Um, it is, it's working pretty good, I think. Um, you know, so we'll just, we'll just kind of keep monitoring that from our end and see, see how it goes so
1: yeah i i've worked in the last week with two directors of coaching that um just incredibly creative gentlemen um one's in connecticut at new canaan and another at tri-cities united in tennessee and they're combining youtube kinds of videos with a mobile app so that the kids have activities to do, but the kids get to have feedback on, well, how do I think I did, um, you know, trying these new things. And it sets up conversations then with their coaches and their players about, you know, what did you do at home? What was it like? What do you want to work on? Um, and I think the, it, it, a lot of times it's, it's the connection right now. I mean, right. social distancing, I mean, it's isolating. Mm-hmm. Um, but that you think about the adults that our kids interact with in normal times, and you've got parents and you've got teachers and you've got coaches. I mean, coaches are in that top three of adults that interact with our kids, that influence our kids, that help our kids. So those creative ways of staying connected are they're important not just because we love sport and because we want them to develop in a sport. It's also important to just get them through a tough time. Right. Um, so yeah, well done.
0: Yeah. So we're, you know, we're, we're getting there. Um, I, I think they, I think they enjoy, um, the time. I know I've got, uh, I think one on the team is an only child. And so he, Ooh. yeah, he really, he really looks forward to those. Um, and and so um, uh, I'll tell you a little story about our 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 squad. Um, it's it's a sad story that happened a couple weeks ago after all this stuff hit. We had uh, one of our players. Um, his cousin uh, unexpectedly passed away. Um, nine, nine-year-old boy passed away, oh. and uh, in the area, and I had actually just talked to um, the, the the child that had passed away, like a couple weeks before. Before everything kind of shut mm-hmm. down, um, we had had a, uh, some soccer matches, and he had come to watch his cousin play. And so I'd gotten a chance to talk to him it was, it was, He was a great kid um, he um, he was uh on the autism spectrum and and so uh he 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 had like this just really cool like joyful countenance about him <laughs> and uh, and so uh and he loved watching his older brother, um, who I also know um, play as well. Um, and he's in a high school age, our team, 2010. So his, his cousin that's on our team is, uh, I think he's 10 years old now. And so all of this stuff hits tragically. Um, he passes away and, um, we, we basically, um, used to do this thing when we were training with blow pops and other candy, but mainly blow Uh pops. Um, and, and what it had to do is is this challenge that I set up for the team this season, which is if you do an hour of time on the ball outside of our team training, so you could come and do like, uh, the club has technical Tuesday and world cup Wednesday and, Mm -hmm free play in a soccer cage that we have at the, at the complex, uh, during the week, it could be in your bedroom, in your backyard. It it doesn't matter, right? Right. Just outside of when we train as a team, if you get at least an hour in, then you get on Mondays was our check-in right for that. So you let me know that you did your hour last week, you got a blow pop or whatever. So, uh, (laughs) So they, they always look forward to Mondays and it, it, it was really good. We were seeing a lot of progress there. And uh, so when all this situation hits um, the, the whole kind of memorial service was, was one giant practice in social distancing. Uh, So everybody, you know, you know, everybody had to spread out and, and um, at the auditorium, at the church where they held it and, um, so, you know, I went, I went to, because I knew, uh, the family of the, the boy who had passed away, but also that you know, the cousin is on my team. Right. right. And so I went to check on him as well. And, uh, and we, we, on behalf of the team, we were able to take, take him a card and, you know, gift card. And, and I gave him a bag of blow pops. And so I told him, whenever, whenever you're feeling sad, just, uh, you know, take one of the blow pops and suck on it and know that, uh, your team's thinking about you. And, uh, so he missed our first, um, zoom session, all this Mm -hmm. stuff was going on and I went to see him at the, at the memorial service. And, uh, so then that next session, he got to come and, and be on the session. And I think it's been really good for him. So not just, on the technical side and the training side and the social just fun piece. But we've even, as a squad, been able to kind of, in our own small part, help that family kind of grieve and, and remember uh, their family member. And uh, so uh, th- th- that was one of the, the lessons. I the, the very first Zoom session we did, uh, Jack, that, that player, Jackson, was not on the session. And so I informed the team that was on the session and I'd sent it out to, to the team as well. I said, I don't know when we get back on the field, but when we do uh, our next game, we're going to wear an armband in honor of Jackson's cousin. And uh, that's a a soccer culture thing, right? right? You honor those who passed away. And so I try to teach our players, not just, in between the lines, but the culture of the game too. And, uh, and so um, I don't think we're going to do a, a black armband like you would typically do, you know, if they were remembering somebody at Liverpool or Barcelona
2: um,
0: or, or any other professional club, I think in honor of, uh, of him who, um, the, the child that passed away, I think we were going to do something that's kind of autism related uh, to kind of honor him so um well, what was
1: what was the cousin's favorite color
0: um so green and blue were kind of the two big kind of colors they talked about, but green seemed to be the one that was most prominent. so I think we're gonna go with green uh for the 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 remembrance armband uh-huh. deal because our our club colors are like blue and white. So the green would kind of be different and stand out when we, when we do it. So I'm working on a, a few different things on that. Uh, maybe even, uh, like them, you know, carrying out green balloons for the, you know, the, the opening of the match or whatever. I, I really want the players to understand, you know, what it is to really be teammates and honor, you know, those. So, um, so you know, even though they're nine, ten years old, uh, those are lessons I think that they can take from the game that can help them later in life. Uh, so beyond just the in between the lines, you know, how do we how do we kick a soccer ball? How do we pass? How, you know what what's our job on the field? It's also what's our job on the bench? What's our job? You know, when we're uh, uh, in between training sessions and technical sessions and, and matches. So um, it it's been you know uh different obviously for everybody but uh i feel like uh they're still getting a lot out of uh the interactions and um in in the the relationships are you know staying intact so it's 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 been fun um just just waiting hoping yeah, you've you, you've been dealing with this longer than than most of the country. Uh, we um
1: our state of emergency in my county was issued February 29th. So I have been home alone for how many days is that? <coughs> March and counting.
0: Wow. Um, so have yeah. you have you left the house at all?
1: I can count on the fingers of one hand how many times I've left the house.
0: And that's just
1: like, uh, aside, aside from walking the dog in the green belt behind my house. But I mean, to go to a pharmacy, to go to the market, to, um, have I done anything else other than go to the pharmacy and go to the market? <laughs> basically,
0: basically restock supplies and then stay at the house.
1: Yeah. Know? I mean, I landed, I, I was at the club summit in Florida the last week of February um and flew home on the 29th I actually took a couple of days off my my family gave me a pass to uh Disney properties so okay. I had I had a few days to see the Florida version of Disney which is different than the California version that we're it using.
0: absolutely is on
1: the west coast yeah, yeah. that was an eye opener so I flew back literally I landed and they said it's a state of emergency so I went by the market on the way home and picked up some backups for my backups and um i have been to the store one other time since So you're then.
0: you're you're the reason why we have a toilet paper shortage you got the backups of the backups of the backups it's all your fault is that is that no what you're <laughs> i
1: i i always have one spare pair a uh, spare package of toilet paper and um and i knew i had you know one open and one backup and then um, my father actually brought me another backup yesterday, so I still have one opened and one backup. That's plenty. Yeah. I don't need a hundred rolls of toilet paper, um, but how's I.
0: Your, how's your family holding up?
1: Um, my my father, who is 86 and lives in a retirement community, is a retirement community in Seattle has no cases.
0: Oh, fantastic! They are they
1: are stellar at keeping their their folks healthy. Um, he is the, they're pretty much confined to their apartments, and the dining hall is closed, and that's hard. Um, my son in Arizona, um, who recently got out of the army, uh, his hours have been cut back at his job, but he is he is doing well, and he is going. Um, I have two sons. Um, my other son. lives in a little town at the base of Mount Rainier with his wife and my three grandchildren. Um, She's a school teacher and uh, they're doing school things. My grandkids are all under the age of five. Um, So a few days ago they had a, a treasure hunt. So my four-year-old granddaughter had to identify everything that looked like a circle in the house, and she had to take a picture of it, and the five-year-old grandson had to write down the word that described that thing and practice ah. his spelling, um, but it, it's a little tough. My, my, uh, that son actually is in a, a car repair uh, tire business. So he's considered essential. His hours are cut back, but he's going in and helping people keep their vehicles working. Right. Um, And Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, this is so cool. We all have a connection to our local YMCA and we've all worked at the YMCA summer camp. I used to run the kitchen, used to cook meals for 140 kids at a time. And my kids were counselors. And on Sunday nights, we have an online campfire that community and we build a fire in your fireplace and the camp director goes down to the dining hall and and runs the facebook live zoom combination meeting and we all call in and we still sing funny songs and tell silly stories and um for an hour we have community with a very unusual way to have campfire so sunday my boys and i are actually um, singing one of the songs I wrote for camp years ago.
0: Oh, wow. Well, that'll be fun.
1: So, um, yeah, it's, um, and I record, you know, I'll record, go to meeting or go to, or zoom, um, stories for my grandkids and send them the uh, the videos nice. and, and read them stories. Um, so it's a different way of staying connected.
0: It is a different way of staying connected. And, and I think, You know, when all this kind of settles down, I I think I still think we're going to see a world that's going to be altered. I don't I don't think it's going to be like, you know, some people are predicting like radical, you know, nobody goes to school ever again, kind of radical changes. I don't see that. But I do think we are going to see, um, you know, more people now that they've been forced into a new reality of technology and connection and remote I think we're going to see some creative solutions going forward for different industries, education, uh, soccer clubs, uh, going forward as, as well. Um, as a result of, you know, this whole thing, I, I was talking yesterday to, to one of the dads, uh, on our team and he, um, he works for a company that makes toilet paper and, <laughs> <laughs> And I I asked him, I I said, uh, how's it going? He said, man, I'm feeling fine. I got job security.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he does. (laughs) He
0: he was like, we can't keep up with the demand. And uh, as he said, as a matter of fact, for the first time, he's worked there for over 10 years. He said, as a matter of fact, for the first time I I can recall, we're not even shipping to our um, distribution partners like Mm -hmm. these trucking companies would come and then it would go to kind of a wholesale, whatever. He said, it's coming off the belt. We have our own trucks and they're just going straight into the stores and all the plants are just basically servicing their local markets as much as they can keep up. Um, And they do all kinds of products. It's not just toilet paper, paper paper towels. And um, they even do some, some medical, you know, stuff, gloves and gowns and whatever as well. So they're, 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 you know, crazy busy. And, um, you know, so it, it, it's, it's important, I think that we all remember that, that we have like different, you know, different people are are experiencing this thing different ways. Um, and right. I, that's one thing I'm, I try to keep with the in mind with the show, keep in mind with our, our team and our players is, you know, one family may be, like like that guy may be completely like inundated with work and other people are sitting over going like man I hope this thing <laughs> settles down soon so um you know that's another thing that we have to keep in the balance but uh, yeah. you know it it's just part of what we're dealing with
1: it's interesting i ha- i was talking to a a doc was last week my i i'm one of those people i'm online all the time now um and and definitely have plenty of work um but he was saying he, he had to hold his coaches meeting um, online. And he said the funniest thing happened. He's been a DOC for years. And, and persuading his coaches to come to coaching meetings has always been trouble. He says, and I pay my coaches. It's part right. of their agreement with us right. in that club. And, um, and he said, this is the first time I've ever had a coaches meeting and everybody showed up. And he was absolutely ecstatic. Everybody showed up, you know, they connected, they did what they needed to do. He says, you know, when this all blows over and, and we're back to something that looks more normal, he says, I'm still going to have my coaches meeting online because if I can get a hundred percent participation, I think that's a great idea.
0: I, I agree. And I, we, we have done those internally with the club where I'm coaching uh, as well. And, uh, you know, the DOC has done a good job of bringing in some outside guests, mm-hmm. um, as well to talk and he'll ask questions and, uh, some of the coaches will be able to kind of lob some questions at them as well. Um, I, I definitely, uh, agree with that DOC's perspective. I, for me, somebody and, and you as well, someone who works in this, this tech space, who's used to this, It's a no brainer to us. And that's kind of what I was alluding to a minute ago. Teachers, directors of coaching, uh, coaches themselves, um, you know, they're all starting to experience like, oh, wait, there's a there's a different way we could try this. Like this might work, you know, and so I'm hopeful that that's some of the lessons we take from this.
1: Yeah, I one of the most delightful two hours a week I spend. Um, and and maybe it's just because I'm nerding out, right, Um, but uh, I'm a professional facilitator, so, you know, I run meetings for a living, and there's a group of us, and and we're scattered across states, across continents, across countries, um, and we've been getting together every week for mm, about the length of a soccer game, 60 to 90 minutes, actually, and we're taking client projects that we're going to be in-person meetings or series of in-person meetings, and we do them online, and there'll be you know twenty some odd of us on, um, and we redesign these in-person meetings so that they can be handled online. So um, last week was a a, a project in Kenya. Um, This yesterday morning, it was a project in Eastern Europe in the Balkans. Um, And we had, we had people on from 12 different countries. How do we have, how do we convert in-person meetings and redesign them for an online environment? Because there are some tips and tricks to make the online experience work. It's a little different than doing it in person. Right. Um, But the, the joy of, of taking, you know, a situation that we wish didn't happen and then helping people redesign so they can still provide value to their communities or their clients or their neighbors. I mean, it's a heck of a lot of fun. It's like a puzzle and you don't quite know what it's going to come out to be. Um, but to be able to work with people, you know, from from all over and find a, a, a way that they can keep contributing is, um, I know that sounds kind of sappy, but um, it really is. It's a wonderful time of the week to be able to do that.
0: It is. I, and that's, I love that. That's, that's what I want to see, you know, and and really that's what I try to talk about every day with the show is like, how do we get better? Like, let's look at where we're messing up and missing opportunities in American soccer. How do we get better? How do we, how do we fix it? What, what, what can we do? Um, and I, and I'm encouraged to hear stories like you're sharing uh, today and, um, and, and personal experiences of what I'm seeing as well, where, uh, clubs are starting to rethink, you know, how they do what they do in certain areas. Um, and if we, if we learn the lessons and we leverage those lessons in the right ways, I, I think we could see some positive impacts going forward. Um, especially when we're talking about specifics, Uh, in regards to youth soccer. So, um, share with us, uh, here, um, as we kind of wrap up today, uh, a little bit about go, I'm wearing your hat, right. You pointed that out at the top of this, um, you know, just for anyone watching, um, when you send me stuff and it goes to our, our PO box, uh, um, I'm not the best at checking the PO box and making sure (laughs) it gets checked. Um, I have a friend of mine that works at that post office, and uh, I was uh, out of town uh, about a uh, it's about a month ago now, and um, had a situation. I was like, "Hey, can you just go by my PO box and and just see if anything's in there?" And she she called me back, and she said, um, "My God, when was the last time you checked your PO box?" <laughs> and I said, what? Uh, so, uh, it was there and it had been there and, uh, I'm sitting here telling you, I don't have the hat. And you're like, I know I sent it. I know I mailed it. And so I went and got it before I came to, to, to do this with you today. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm proudly sporting it on the show. So, uh, as we wrap up today, I wanted to give you a second to kind of just give us a little bit of insight. Uh, again, a reminder, uh, from the last time you were with us on the show, what is go what's its mission and 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 what do you how can people connect with you uh with go
1: right so go go stands for governance and operations it actually means something and so um years ago i was working with um, bobby howe who used to be the director of coaching for u.s soccer and and he used to tell me the story that uh The way clubs work is like a three-legged stool and you put the athlete on the stool and you have a a leg for coaching and the sport and you have a leg for governance which is a board of directors or an owner and you have a leg for operations and administration and the way you keep the, the athlete on the stool is those legs have to be in balance doesn't mean they cost the same doesn't mean they're equally visible it does mean they're in balance to make the organization work and A lot of our time and energy and visibility is with coaches in the sport. I mean, it's the fun part of the game, right? Right. But go is the other two legs of the stool that we get around to when we have time, but they're not the most fun part of sport, right? Right. Board meetings, really? (laughs) Um, So my practice is really geared toward bolstering up those other two legs and supporting coaches, because that's what those two legs do. They support coaches and teams and players. Otherwise, you don't need them at all. Right. So um, originally, Go was a membership site, um, and we're actually retooling the offerings to be, um, I've got probably 36 training webinars now and 60 resource documents in the library, and we're repackaging them as short as short courses. Gotcha. Um, Because in in this time, you know, the way people's budgets are working, the membership site concept is not um, as flexible as as what people need. Um, We serve multiple sports, a lot of soccer-based folks, but have also done um, a number of other sports. Um, And I do, actually, I do a fair amount of consulting and mediating. Um, I'm a professional mediator, too. Um, The good news is, I can help people through conflict the, the hard news is there's conflict to help people through right um, so it's it's about capacity building um, and and making it so your organization runs well enough that you can in fact focus on the sport um, and not run crosswise with um, all those organizational things that have to be in order. I mean, if you don't have fields and don't have uniforms and aren't collecting fees and you have awful board meetings, that that sours the experience um, for the organization. And and the name of the game is retaining members, retaining players, retaining great coaches, recruiting volunteers that um, contribute in ways that, that make your club work well.
0: Um, I got a, I've got a, uh, just a, a sample question for you in, in, re, in response to what you just talked about. And I wanted to kind of get your thoughts so that people could kind of maybe get an insight as to how you can help them. Okay. So um, this would be a, a sample question that I think a club might would ask you. And, you know, they can kind of see why it's a good idea to reach out to you if I'm a club, if I'm, let's say I'm a director of coaching and I am starting to see a trend that we are losing players. Um, and, and they're going to other clubs, they're leaving us. Um, how critical is it at that point? Like where at, where am I at in the life cycle of crisis? Um, am I as a club and what, what might be some, you know, obviously every situation specific, but what might be some 50,000 foot view, um, things to look at in that situation?
1: Um, in that situation, I would look at, um, trying to figure out what are the feedback mechanisms for the experience your players and families are having. What is it in that experience that is, is not enough to, to keep them with you. Okay. Um, and, and it, the introspection is tough. Not all clubs do like an annual survey of their members. Like how did it go this year? Um, right. and I help clubs with, you know, it's easy to do. Um, I also have those three legs of the stool I've built out, not best practices, I actually have a whole soapbox about best practices, but I've built out core competencies. What are the elements of those three legs of the stool that you need to have in place to really have it together as an organization? And so sort of that first conversation is looking at those core competencies and seeing how, how you think you measure up because if your communication system say your internal communications is not working well it's going to make it harder to retain players and parents right if you're and and that's under you know operations if under coaching you don't have a great system for matching up the skills of your coaches with the age groups they're coaching you know, players might leave because the, the match isn't as good as it could be. And, and then you, then you tackle, okay, how do we recruit and assign coaches? So they're, you know, with the best age group. Right. Um, so there are, there's some, some questions and triage behind so you can hone in on, um, what do you need, what do you need to do? Um, I've got a, a visual strategic planning process I use that takes yeah three to four hours. Um, which for a strategic planning process is actually fast. Right. Um, it doesn't take days and, and honing in on some tools to hone in on. If you could only fix, you know, if you could only tackle two or three things this year, what would they be? I asked a club that the other day, I was talking to somebody in Northern California and he had this laundry list of things he wanted to work on. And I said, okay, what are the three things you want to nail this year? And he knew I said, okay, then don't beat yourself up about the other 12 things on the list. Right. 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 Let's ace those things and then we'll move on to the other stuff on your list.
0: That's great. Great, great insight as always from you. And, uh, <laughs> I, I definitely enjoy our, our chats and conversation, um, and appreciate, uh, you spending some time with us. Uh, this is uh, obviously a little bit different, uh, time and, and therefore call for a little bit different format for our, our, uh, recording of this interview for the show and uh, look forward to kind of sharing it tomorrow, uh, with everybody. How can people, uh, connect with you, um, you know, going forward?
1: Um, the, the website is at gohelpsports.com. It's the easiest way to find it. Um, there is tomorrow. Um, I mentioned that I work part time for Team Genius, um, and on Fridays they're now holding a community conversation um, for for questions and for for clubs and and leaders to share with each other. It's not a it's not a Team Genius adver- advertisement. Um, we do that in other ways. Uh, But it's really an open forum for, you know, what are you facing? What are others doing? Um, And the great thing about it is it is soccer and it's other sports. Um, And one of the fun things about working for Team Genius is learning from other sports, teaching, you know, other sports how to do things. Um, And then the, the great ideas from one you can take to the other and say, wow, you know, if if Canadian hockey does this, how could that be done? You know, in somebody else, in soccer in the U.S. Right. Um, and that's a lot of fun. So um, there's a link on the the website at gohelpsports.com, and you're welcome to join us. Um, it's at 11 a.m. Pacific time on Fridays. You'll have to convert that to y'all's time zone.
0: Right. Okay. Well, perfect. Well, thanks for joining the show, Ruth. We uh, we appreciate it, and uh, stay safe out there in uh, the Northwest, uh, where uh, you know was was kind of a ground zero for the states, at least. And uh, now New York is 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 kind of created the uh, the the East Coast um, uh. ground zero uh, as well. So, for anybody watching or listening, uh, you know, keep listening to your local officials, the government, CDC, all that, stay safe. Um, I say that every day on the show, but uh, we will, we will get through this um, and uh, hopefully uh, come out of it better, stronger going forward um, with some of the things that, that we can learn from, from the process and, and the stuff we've talked about today uh, as well. So thanks for, thanks for coming on the show. I, I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Daniel. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay, bye-bye.
2: Bye. <laughs> no one, no man, no woman, no child should ever have to drink green water with bugs, with algae, with disease in it. Bad water and a lack of toilets kills more people than all the wars in the world. We know how to bring clean drinking water right now to every single person on earth. And when you can bring water into communities, it truly transforms them, it changes everything
0: Thanks for watching the show. Thanks for tuning in today. Hope you enjoyed it. It was a uh, it was great fun getting to uh, to talk to Ruth. Hope you're staying safe out there. Have a great weekend. We will see everyone again on Monday. Goodbye.